It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles once again, turn to Psalms chapter 78. We're continuing our thought this week on, Sorry, I'm just not willing. I am concerned with this verse, really the whole chapter in 78, but in verse 41 of chapter 78, it says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. There's where we're keying in. How did they limit God? Now, I'm still introducing this a little bit. I apologize if I'm, I'm going a little slower than, than maybe I should be. But um, I see some important things here in the introduction before I move on some application that I think needs to be said. We, I'm just going to pick up right where we stopped uh, yesterday morning. The Bible, the Bible says this. Let me go ahead and read the first section here. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children." that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. I'm going to stop reading right there. We'll move on in a little bit as the Lord allows us to. I, I stopped right here yesterday. There is a duty of the present generation, that is you and I, to be teaching the next generation to be passing on the truth that we have received. But it shouldn't just be what we received, honestly. It should be, if, if, if you'll allow me to say this, improved or not improved. That's probably really the wrong word. You, shouldn't, you, you should have gone deeper in your understanding of the Word of God. You should be growing in God's Word, in your spiritual walk. And you ought to be doing the best that you can to be passing the knowledge that you have grown in to the next generation so that they are more prepared than you were when you started out to serve God. I see that especially the parents have this responsibility. Part of the problem with the generation coming on the scene is that they have not received the teaching that they ought to from the pulpit or from the pew, or from their parents. There are a lot of preachers out there that sadly just aren't very deep. They haven't gotten very far in their knowledge of God. And that's sad for a preacher, and I'm not really the best one to be be pointing that out. Lord knows I've got a whole lot of growing to do myself. But spiritual ignorance really hurts us. 
But for what we do know, and, and we ought to be constantly digging, we need to be passing that truth on to the next generation. I see he says that we, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come, three things here, the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. You know, if we're going to really show the next generation some of these things, then we're going to have to see them. And my question to you is this, have you seen the great works of God? Do you understand something about the praises of God or the power of God or even the judgment of God? See, we've got a Bible that tells us about it, but this Bible is not just something that the things we see God doing is not just something that He used to do. He still does them. And I firmly believe that we ought to be seeing these kind of works of God in our life today. We ought to be seeing the power of God, miracles from God, on display in our lives, in our churches, doing a constant work. And if we're not seeing that, then I'm afraid we may need to come to terms with the truth that we're probably limiting God and what He wants to do in our lives. In order to pass on the truth to the next generation, we're going to have to get them to the Word of God. We see verse 1, Give ear, O my people, to my law. In verse number 5, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. And we could go on and on through the chapter as it references that. But I can assure you that my generation, the next generation coming on, the previous generations, none of us are going to go anywhere for God until we get back to the book. Until we get back in the Word of God. Spending time with God. And getting right with God and obeying His Word. You see, reading it, listening to it, it's not enough. James tells us, But be ye doers of the Word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. We must teach the next generation to apply the Word of God in their lives. So I see that if the next generation is going to be able to go on with God, then they're going to have to have a present generation passing on some truths to them, passing the baton to them to carry on. So there's the little introduction. Now let's go ahead and get into some of the meat of what God's been dealing in my heart about, and I hope it'll be a help and challenge to you. How is it that some of these previous generations had limited God. Because the things that they used to limit God are the same things that we're going to find in our lives that limit God. 
there's a lot I want to say. I'm trying to keep to my notes and try, trying to say it in the, in the order that God's been dealing with me with it. So I apologize if I, I hesitate a bit here. I want to read starting in, in let's just go ahead and read verse verse number 7 going to verse number 9 or actually 10 it says that they might set their hope in God so all that I have just said the teaching them the the, the training them the passing on the truth to them is for these reasons right here that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation a generation that set not their heart aright whose spirit was not steadfast with God the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law there's where we're going to be working the next couple of days if the Lord will help us. I want you to notice this first of all. How did these generations limit God? I want to say first of all, they limited God by their disbelief. By their questioning. They wouldn't, they, they forgot some things. They wouldn't remember. They didn't want to remember. They limited God in their minds. Now, if you've not figured this out yet, the mind is key in the Christian life. Battles are won and lost in the mind. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Bible also says, For out of the heart proceedeth uh, adultery, fornication, theft, murders, blasphemy, all those things that comes from our heart or, or the seat of our emotions, the, the seat of our thoughts. One of the things we see about this generation, or maybe I should say these generations, is that when they saw God do mighty works, they forgot them. So much so that when it came time and they were hard pressed and needed God to do another work in their life, not only did they not trust that God would provide, but as the scripture says, they tempted him. They, they questioned him. Let, let me show you what I mean here. It begins to tell us in verse 11 and forgot, forgot his works. This is the previous generation. They forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zon. He divided the sea. He's talking about the Red Sea. And he caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as in heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the night with a light of fire. He claved the rocks in the wilderness and and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the most high in the wilderness. They tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Notice this. Yea, they spake against God and they said, Can God furnish a table 
in the wilderness. Behold, he smote out the rock, and the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came against, up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not his salvation. All these things they had seen, and, and we could continue reading through the chapter, and we'll find it's a vicious cycle that they fall into. They keep on doing the same things over and over again. They see God do a mighty work. They see the power of God, but they take it lightly. It doesn't affect them. They forget it. And when it comes time to see God do a work, they don't believe God is capable of it. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can you sense the mockery? You see, they had limits in their minds. I want you to understand this. The Christian life works on faith. It is through faith that we see mountains can be moved. It is through faith that the victorious life can be received. It is through faith that we are saved. It is through faith that we live. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that it is faith that pleases God, and without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. But we have a generation today that they don't have a concept, it doesn't seem like, on what God is really capable of. Let me tell you that the God of the Bible, the God that worked all the miracles out in the Bible, is still just as able and just as capable to do the same things today. One of the questions we hear asked probably the most is, is where is revival? Can God send a revival? Can God? Let me tell you the, the answer to that question. Yes, He can. Will He? I think that largely depends on us and not Him. Are you limiting God in your mind? Are you questioning what God can do? Let me just assure you this. Our time's almost up. God's not changed one bit. And if we'll just trust in Him and have faith, we can see Him do some mighty works in our lives. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwallen.org.